Three. <laughs> wait. <clears throat> what three. do we even do? How does this work? I record podcast? <laughs> How is Babby formed? everybody you are listening to limited playtime the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less or the next episode is free i am kyle bolin and i am jason cavallari today we are bringing you yeehaw western legends <laughs> Get down, doggy. yeah bring me up a i'll take a whiskey bartender <laughs> i'm riding that pony down into the mine gonna get me some nugs that makes G-nugs. it sound like you're going after like. Ch- That's how they said nuggets. it back in the old west. The California gold miners they they right. called them G nugs out California way. Uh huh. <laughs> Western Legends is a game by Colossal Games. That's with a K, not a C. Uh, it is designed by Hervé Lemet, and the artist is Roland McDonald. Every time I look at it, I can't help but see Ronald McDonald as the artist on this game. Art by Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <sighs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Western artwork for a board game through a clown. A hamburger clown. But anyway, that is not who did the art. It is Roland McDonald. Right, Um, yeah. And it does not look anything clown. It does not look clownish. It does not look like hamburgers. So it's uh, very appropriate artwork. (laughs) Yeah, the the artwork is good. This is a sandbox adventure game set in the American Wild West. Um, sandbox games are not super plentiful, I don't think. This is no. like sort of a oddity in the board game space, which is one of the reasons I was excited about it. Uh, I, a couple of the games that I know of that are considered sandbox games are Zaya, uh, Legend of a Drift System, and uh, Merchants and Marauders, I believe, is another sort of sandbox game that mm-hmm. I, I've seen uh, compared to Zaya, so I assume that it would also be compared to Western Legends, because Western Legends has been compared to Zaya. Zaya also being a game that we did play while you were here for the Gen Con. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, a sandbox game is a game that involves, basically it's a it's a point rush, everybody's trying to get to a certain uh, agreed upon point value to end the game, uh, and the way that you get there is by doing all kinds of stuff, like you're basically just like roaming around this old west area where there's a couple of old west towns, there's uh, a mine nearby, there's some cattle ranches nearby, there's a train. Mm. Bandit um, hideouts. What's that? Yeah, bandit, bandit hideouts. hideouts. And there's just any number of things that you can go and get yourself involved in in the board game and try to basically, like, increase your legend status. And they call it LP in this game, legendary points. Those are basically the victory points that you're trying to get to. Um, And you do that by getting into fights, you know, killing bandits, becoming a really good lawman, becoming a really good outlaw, um, evading the law. Yeah, robbing a bank. Uh, You know, the very first thing that Jason did in this game was attempt a heist before he'd had any (laughs) time to really, like, tech up, like, get a better gun, get a horse to get away on or any of that. He was just like, oh, I am in this town now, and I'm just going to walk in and steal myself a bank. (laughs) I want to rob a bank. How did that go? (laughs) Terribly. (laughs) Not so well. (laughs) And then he spent the rest of the game being an outlaw who didn't do any more outlaw stuff, and it also just didn't work out too well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like in this game you really need to decide on a path, and you really need to 
get into it. You know, if you're going to be an outlaw, you got to do outlaw things the whole time. And if you're going to be a lawman, you got to make sure that you're doing lawman things the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Um, because that's how the points start to really rack up is by really, you know, going down a path and really min-maxing yourself on that path. But along yeah. the way, you do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, like you can go and you can go mining in the mine and, and that's like sort of like a dice mechanic game where you throw a couple of dice and you know, you might be able to like re-roll some, you might get some nuggets right away and you're trying to get these nuggets that you'll then go and deposit into a bank and that gets you some points and some money. You, you might can go play poker and, in the saloon. Yeah, exactly. You can go to the saloon and you can actually play like a hand of poker right there. Um, which is, you know, it doesn't follow all the same rules of poker, but it feels like, I mean, it is pretty much a, a hand of poker and it feels like playing a hand of poker in the middle of this game, which is kind mm-hmm. of fun. It's like yeah. really fun to just suddenly like just break from whatever crazy normal board game mechanics you're doing and suddenly have a hand of poker. Yeah. You can go to the cabaret and if you blow a bunch of money, you get points for that. Yeah. You're seen as just this dude who's going in and just like, you know, like showering the place with money as you drink in horror or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just it's it's very evocative of the theme. Like it, it really tugs on the imagination strings in my brain in terms of like putting myself into the role of a cowboy who is roaming the Wild West and getting into these adventures. Uh, it's strange how you're doing like such little things mechanically in this game, but at the same time, they managed to really evoke a theme so well. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I mean, the thing is dripping with theme. Uh, it, it makes it really fun to play, even though mechanically it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not like into Wild West kind of stuff, like that's not usually my particular thing. I had a really fun time playing this game. <clears throat> the um the cards that you use in hand are a poker deck. Like it is, there's like 52 (laughs) cards in this deck that have like all kinds of different actions and bonus actions and reactions and things that you can take, um, and, or use. And in addition to that, they are also the 52 deck or 52 cards of a poker deck. And so that's how it gets used in like poker. It's the deck that gets used in any sort of duel that you get into. Yeah. Um, Cause the values on the cards are sort of what determines, uh, the outcome of the duel. So whoever has the highest, you're basically playing a game of war at that point. Um, but in addition to that, the actual, like, the the abilities on the cards can also impact the outcome of a duel or right, a robbery yeah. or a heist or whatever, right? A bandit and you can fight. only play one card, so In a the fight, choice yeah. between <clears throat> using the ability or going for the highest numbered card is sort of like a... It's an element of strategy. Some of them will say, like, if used in a poker hand or if used in a Mm -hmm. fight or whatever. And so in that case, you can use the value and the the ability, but oftentimes it's, it's just like Jason described, where it's one or the other, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can fight NPCs as well as other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe if you fight another character, they also get to use their poker hand. Yes. Um, or their their playing cards. Um, and if you fight NPCs, they also have a fight deck, which uh, you try at least two, and then you have to choose which one to play. It has a sort of similar mechanic in that the number value of the card is sort of uh, the main indicator uh, of its strength, but they also have different uh, different abilities on them. Right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the the main mechanic of the game is that you uh, have basically like three actions per turn for your character. And the actions can be move. And, at you know, like at the beginning of the game, you can move two spaces. You can get a horse or a mule or something and you can move further. Uh, and then there's all kinds of different locations that you can take an action with. It takes one action to, say, buy something at the general store or go mining or play a hand of poker or whatever. Um, you can walk onto uh, a space that controls that that, that is... Uh, that contains another character and you can take an action to rob that person duel that person or arrest that person if they're an outlaw you can arrest yeah absolutely if you're a martial character so like if you've gone down the lawful path then you have the ability to arrest or attempt to arrest any of the um 
the unlawful characters, which gets you martial points. Um, it doesn't always just anything you do in the game doesn't just necessarily give you legendary points or legend points that sometimes gives you either wanted points if you are an unlawful character or it gives you martial points if you are a lawful character. And it seemed like on the the wanted points, right, they mm-hmm. you were getting LP every turn once you got onto that track. Yeah, you get a low level of LP every turn if you're on the wanted track. Yeah, and then every couple, like two, three, four spaces you made it up the track, you would get some other bonus, like a new poker card or maybe yeah. some money or something like that. Um, but you, you weren't getting something every time you went up the track, but you would always get some amount of points at the end of your turn once you were on the track. So there's like mm-hmm. three levels of it. And then if you're on the other track, the Marshall track, you don't get LP for every turn like you do on the wanted track, but you do get money every single time you jump up one spot on the track. And at the end of the game, how there's you know like whether you're on tier one, tier two, or tier three, um, like in an ascending order, you get more points just at the end of the game. It's like a lump sum basically for still being on that track. Yeah. Um, but I found that track pretty good. I went down the lawful track, and and Jason was on the unlawful track, and the money was so good in this game for buying better stuff, for sort of like you know improving your ability to get around on the board on a horse and do more things with one turn, draw more poker cards, which then sometimes I had several times like get two free actions with my poker cards. I was able to do a whole lot on that lawful track and the money was really good for cashing in at the cabaret for getting the LP. Yeah. Uh, we also played with a, um, which I guess is a variant mechanic, which are these like objective cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that can also get you LP and they're, I mean, they're usually pretty simple objectives. Like one of mine was discard a provisions card outside of whatever town that was mm-hmm. red rocks or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, had... you know, I went to the general store, I bought some provisions for 20 bucks. I went to red rocks, stood outside and just discarded the card and I got an LP. Yeah, I think we both <laughs> completed all of our personal quests, and yeah. you know they're 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 valuable, you know, like they but they they don't cash in until the end of the game, um, so you don't necessarily know how much it's gonna push you towards the you know towards the winning spot at the end game track and at, at end at end game scoring, right. um, but it was cool, it was cool, like kind of having like a direction to take my character in based on what those those secret you know goals told me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, there's a deck called the Story Deck. I believe it's called the story deck where there's like basically like it kind of looks like a book you take a deck and you like split it in half and you put those two halves side by side and there's like a number of circles on each one of those cards on the top of the decks and they say you know like end a turn outside of town or something like that and then you if you do that you take your little colored disc and you put that on one of the circles and if you or another character on another turn does like the next circle which completes that track you then flip that card and you resolve a story like it'll have sort of like a narrative part to it and then also there will be like several rewards it might spawn some bandits Um, it just really adds to the flavor of the whole thing while also um, you know like improving your character in some way giving you some sort of reward Um, it is very very cool just a very little nice little touch that adds to the 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 theme of the whole thing and also like adding a little bit mechanically to make it more mechanically more interesting game as well yeah um and because we were playing two players we also played with the two-player variant which adds a, another npc which the is the man, man in black, black. Yeah. yeah and uh basically he acts <laughs> as sort of like a i mean he's completely cold controlled by a deck of cards so every time it's his turn you pull a card and you do what it says with him um but he also gains lp so you're not only competing against the other player but also this npc character 
that was the one thing where like I understand why it's there because you've got to have some sort of like timer mechanic in a game like this to make sure that you're not just meandering and doing nothing yeah. for like you know an hour <laughs> yeah. um but like it just seems so slow like he got like what like four or five LP by the end, yeah, of, by the the end of the game yeah, yeah and we like, had far outpaced him oh yeah like we left him way in the dust like it just didn't seem like he was all that powerful um yeah it, it seemed like maybe a little misbalanced but I don't know maybe mm-hmm. we were Maybe it's different, you know. Well, he's he is the he is the NPC for playing a two player game. I was yeah. about to say maybe it's different if you're playing like a three player game because you might get slowed down by a third player who then actually attacks you because like we never attacked each other the whole game, right? Yeah, no, we were um, on opposite sides of the sides of the board most of the time. Right, yeah, and so like if I had ever gone and attacked you, and if I'd won that fight, you would have gotten arrested, um, and you right. would have lost like like half your money, your nuggets, um, you know, like you would have lost a bunch of stuff, and so yeah. it would have been a big penalty for you, which might have slowed you down a bit. Yeah. Um, and likewise, if you had like taken me out or something like that, you know, I might have lost some time because I had to like go to the doctor and get healed up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so- <clears throat> part of the problem with the man in black is that um, because it is randomly controlled. Um, and the bar, the board is fairly large. Um, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that wherever the man in black ends up going next, he's not going to encounter a player. That's true. Cause like there was a couple times where it was like, Hey, take the man in black to the closest saloon or the saloon in this town. And if there's a player there, play a deck of pa- a poker against him. And like only one time did one of those things pan out where we happen to be in the same spot as him. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, you know, if, uh, there it had been designed in a way where there was more interaction between the man in black and the players that it might have been more competitive. You know, I, I don't think we saw every single one of his cards, but he only has 10 cards in that deck. Right. Yeah. It seems like one of those things where maybe like an additional NPC or two could help that game quite a bit by putting in a couple more characters. I mean, there is a sheriff that roams yeah, there's around. there's the sheriff too, yeah. But he's not like, he doesn't activate every single turn, right? So, Well, and no, I think he only activated twice the whole game. And the first time, I got to activate him and I was mm-hmm. the outlaw. Right. So, so I just him away. moved him as far right. away from me as I could. I thought that was a little strange that as like an outlaw, I got to move the sheriff. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely kind of feels like maybe it could use another NPC or two for a two-player game to add in a little bit of variety, a little bit more competition, something else to try to like, you know, like if you see the sheriff over on one side of the board and you're an outlaw, you want to stay away from that side of the board. There needs to be maybe one or two other NPCs that sort of like act in that way. You know, like when we played Zaya, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, it has basically like a foil for every type of character um, Mm -hmm. through the the three NPCs in that game, which, you know, can definitely encourage you to stay, stay way the hell away from the part of the board that, you know, like one of them is on. (laughs) Because we saw that happening with me where I accidentally became an outlaw in that game i had to stay away from the you know quote-unquote sheriff in zaya oh, the enforcer yeah 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 and so like if there were more things like that in in western legends i think that it would feel a little bit more meaningful but even without it playing that game uh was an absolute blast i had a great time playing it with you yeah so did i yeah it was a real good time <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> definitely feels like the kind of game that you could play with just about anybody it feels to me like i don't know like the, mechanically it's not too difficult mechanically it's not very complex it feels like the kind of game that almost reminds me of like the old mass market games from that i grew up with like in the 80s and the 90s and everything mm-hmm. in terms of the complexity of rules and it, it feels like if there was a really cool one of those that came out in like 1990 that happened to have like you know a really well-produced uh you know board with really 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 well-produced components i could imagine this being something that came out of that time but you you know just maybe refined a little bit and yeah. with that in mind i feel like you could teach it to you know a 10 year old kid or somebody who has no interest in board gaming as a hobby but you know maybe they were like i like board games i've played clue before and you're like well hey come over and try this this could be a gateway game in my opinion oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, and it might look scary because it you know 
there's like the minis look really nice and there's a big board and it seems like there's a lot of yeah (laughs) no i mean but you know like it seems like a hobby game conception yeah that you know a game with like really detailed miniatures is like a game you really have to be into but um but no i mean it's it's really really accessible um and it's a heck of a lot of fun to play yeah um and one of the things i really have to commend the makers of this game on are the player aids the player aids are so detailed and it was so intuitive to be able to pick (laughs) up the rules as to uh, what you could do on a turn and what the various uh, location actions were um, and how to resolve them Um, because it was all laid out there in relatively, you know, quick and easy format. Yeah. Yeah. They worked really well. We, we only had to reference, I don't even know if we had to reference the book while we were playing it. I don't remember. I don't think we did. Maybe something concerning the man in black or whatever, but maybe I think I just, cause all of his rules are on a card. Oh, that's true too. You, you you reference the rule for the man in black, and it's like this is the two player variant. Check the rule on the card. <laughs> <laughs> rule book done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rule book just dropped the mic on the the man in black. Um, but no, like I, I think another thing, the components in the game, um, a lot of them are really, really, really great. Like the mm-hmm. the the poker deck is great. It feels exactly like a poker deck should. It doesn't feel yeah, like does. some of the cheaper end cards that we sometimes get in these games and we all just kind of like I, I half the time I don't even notice when they're a little bit on the cheap side game like a card deck in in a in a designer board game these days, but when you get a nice deck of cards like this, you really notice it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so that was awesome. Like the minis are not the biggest or most detailed minis I've ever seen in a game, but they are very yeah, they, yeah, they're good, they right? They're good. You, yeah. you look at him and you're like, that is a dude with a duster coat and a cool mustache and a hat, and he is pointing a gun at my face. Yeah. And so they do the job, right? They evoke the sort of person or the exact person that they're supposed to be, because some of them were obviously, you know, the characters in the game that we were playing as, like Annie Oakley yeah, or... I was uh, Annie Oakley. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's another thing. Like, there's a bunch of actual Western legends in the game that you play as. They all have their own, you know, special abilities and stuff like that to kind of differentiate the players from each other. Um, like Jason took uh, Annie Oakley, who happened to have like a when you get in a fight with another player sort of ability, which uh, like the moment I saw you with that ability, I was like, well, I'm staying the hell away from you. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons why we were on opposite sides of the board the whole time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I anticipated getting into a lot of scraps, but that actually didn't end up happening. No, I think you fought a bandit once or twice. And Yeah, I fought like two bandits and then the guard at the bank. The Garden Bank. What, did you get in a fight with a man in black? No, I had to play a hand of poker against him. That's right. Yeah, he had to play poker with the man in black. <laughs> I did. Which is kind of cooler. <laughs> and I lost. Aw. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, the player aids are nice. They're not They're not high quality or anything, but they're very well written, which is very yeah, helpful. Yeah, no, they're very uh, helpful. The art in the game is very, very, very evocative of the Western theme. It does a phenomenal job of making it feel like you are in the old west looking at these sort of dusty looking cards looking at these like you know very western looking horses um the art is great it makes me feel like i'm in an old clint eastwood movie it's great yeah oh and one thing i wish more games did so if you use money in your game oh please 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 do not use paper money take note of this game so this game actually uses like cards on card stock that yes. have the denominations on them like twenty dollars ten dollars and it was so much easier to work with, with the same than nice like paper money had the same nice like finish that the the full deck of cards had and everything so it doesn't feel like crappy cards even they felt like the same very nice cards that the poker deck was made out of um it was like you know the only thing that could be better than that is using poker chip type things for money yeah Exactly. Yeah. It was so much better. I don't know why more games don't do that. 
And I can't imagine that that's that much more expensive than, you know, a lot of the sort of maybe it is much more expensive than using paper money, but it, it is a, a much nicer thing. When, when we play like Food Chain Magnate, we couldn't stand playing with paper money more than once. We went straight to oh, the yeah. poker, poker chips and yeah. found substitutes and everything. So or every very time much, I play Power Grid, I always just encourage people to keep tack, track of their money on like a piece of paper. Yeah. So this is very much encouraged uh, or we're, we're very much... Uh, we very much want to encourage this further, and we very much appreciate it, Colossal Games, that you decided to make cards that are the money in this game. That is awesome. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, board looks real good. I like the art on the board. It's real easy. Well, it's really easy to tell almost everything, except that Jason just assumed that you couldn't cross the river in the middle of the town. Yeah, I don't know why I assumed that. I think maybe I might have confused it with something, because I had read like half the rule book, and I think mm-hmm. I might have confused it with something. Yeah, um, it's it, it states in there that there's only one place you can't enter, um, but that's not it and i don't know like i was thinking about it while i was driving my car today i'm like think about all the times you've watched a western movie or show and you there's always a scene of like people like running their horses through a river right yeah that's a thing you do in the west so like <laughs> we should just assume that we're gonna get away you have to ride your horse through or <laughs> yeehaw <laughs> no i just assumed because it was i mean it was also like a bandit hideout and it was a pass between two mesas and I was like, maybe it's like a choke point or something, which it is, except that you can also go around the Mesa. So I really want to go play this game again, like right now. <laughs> You're getting the feels, the feelings. I, I am. Yeah, I, this is a theme that I like. I'm, you know, into Western stuff. So it's one of my themes that I like of several. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it pushes a lot of my buttons. I also have just kind of jumped headfirst into the sandbox style board game recently and i'm really enjoying those um i feel like they're they're a nice balance of a competitive game that doesn't feel overly competitive and doesn't make you feel like an idiot if you lose because a good portion of it is sort of luck based um Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're having a like a, a big fun adventure that tells a narrative uh through your actions or sometimes there's like actual narrative built into the game like we were talking about the story cards here uh i love all that you know when we play zaya the stuff that i do and the stuff that happens to me tell a narrative of that game and i've had conversations about those games afterwards because of how funny it was that time i happened to like blind jump through you know uh a shield around a planet that suddenly made me an outlaw even though i didn't intend to be you know like just that sort of like emergent gameplay that happens in these games is very entertaining to me I almost feel about this the way I feel about Tales of the Arabian Nights. I was just going to say that, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah except so- I think this game is better than Tales of the Arabian Nights, because in Tales of the Arabian Nights, like, there's a point system and there's a winner, but it's really not, that's not the point. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the point system in that game is only useful for giving you an end of the game. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, the it, point is to, like, yeah. do something crazy. Right, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. And I feel like that element is in Western Legends, like the, you know, tell a good story, you know, do something fun and, and crazy kind of way. But also, I think, like, the point system is more meaningful. Yeah, um, it's, it's more it's of more, a game. I think it's also more present than it is in Tales it's, of the It's Arabian more of a game than Tales of the Arabian Nights. I would argue that Tales of the Arabian Nights does a better job of telling a story because that's literally what it does. That is, like, literally the one thing that that game does, and it does it very well. And mm-hmm. it tells, like, really crazy stories. Oh, yeah. Um, so there is, a, there is much more of a narrative thread in a, a game of Tales of the Arabian Nights, but there's much less of a game there. Yeah, that's This very true. game allows you to have the best of both both worlds. So if you're interested in game mechanics that allow you to do a bunch of different fun things mechanically in a game while also having a narrative that kind of emerges out of that that's what this game is for if you want to go sit down at a table with a bunch of people and play a choose your own adventure game that isn't the new choose your own adventure game that got released at gen con uh then tales of the arabian (laughs) nights does a great job of doing that yeah no that's that's definitely true i i think it's a much better game actually for that reason Mm -hmm. all right so western legends limited playtime approved 
<laughs> Thumbs up. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing more of this uh, as soon as possible, and hopefully often. <laughs> I'm almost kind of jealous that I didn't buy it. Ah, yeah. Well, you know, this gives us one more reason to get together more often. This is true. To play Western <laughs> Legends and maybe some Twilight Imperium. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. <laughs> so, Jason, if people wanted to get a hold of us and talk about how awesome they think Western Legends is or how terrible they think Western Legends is because they want me to get into a duel with them, where would they get a hold of us at? <laughs> because they are garbage people. <laughs> no, no, I mean I don't mean that. But if they but if you do want to express <laughs> if you do want to express an opinion about Western Legends or anything else concerning board games or just want to talk to us and say hi, uh, you can reach us at LPT the podcast, all one word at gmail.com. You can tweet us at limited playtime or you can go to the website limitedplaytime.com which will reroute you to the amazer.com which is where we are currently hosted we would love to hear from you next week we are going to be talking about coimbra which is a euro-ish euro that got released at gen con 2018 <laughs> uh, that's euro. the game that jason picked up or one of the games that jason picked up that we played on the way out towards the airport um we've got some things to say about it we do yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. So if you want to hear about Coimbra, tune in next week on Sunday. We will be up with a new episode about that. All right. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in one week. Later. Bye.